Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Now Hear This is a music review podcast and is not directly affiliated with any artists or album projects discussed on the show. Think of us like your record collection come to life. Well, except for that Chris Gaines album you own. Although, I suppose it is important to make sure you have a record of the time Garth Brooks decided to cosplay an album. You got a record of your favorite songs. You got an hour and it won't take long. You got a pair of brand new friends. You got a ticket gonna stick to the end. I said, now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this show. What's happening? Susanna's just making herself a little snackerino. Put the smoothies. I want. I like ambient noise. I got. I got a drink today. We had Annabelle's. Uh, Paul's got a drink. We had Annabelle's birthday last night, and I feel rough. <laughs> so sometimes I just have to have another drink, and it's like light speed. Little <laughs> or hair. Or it's like uh, the hair, hair of the, the dog. dog. Have you seen that meme where it's? It's like uh, after getting blackout drunk, the next day you crack open an, a drink, and it's uh, Emperor Palpatine. He's like unlimited power, you know, <laughs> all wrinkled. I never used to go for that hair of the dog thing, and then I discovered it on my brother, myself, and my childhood best friend. All got married in the span of a year, oh, and boy. so we had three extremely shit showy bachelor parties of course you did within a couple months of each other mm-hmm. and that's when i got to know the hair of the dog philosophy beautiful philosophy it does work <laughs> well i'd like to be very clear that this quarantine i am 94 percent in on alcoholism at this point mm. like i cut myself off this week uh, and i was like oh yeah i remember feeling 
not horrible when I wake up. And <laughs> Are you a, a new pornographer's guy? Absolutely. That's that song of theirs, "My Slow Descent into Alcoholism." Oh, oh I so love fantastic! It. Ooh, it's tasty. Need to re-listen to that one for sure. Hello again, Ryan. Oh, but today we are talking about Heartbeat City, the fifth studio album by The Cars, one of my absolute favorite bands that I rarely get a chance to talk with people about. Oh, I'm so happy you brought this one. So happy. What's your background on The Cars, if you have one? Thoughts, feelings? My parents are the kind of boomers that were young enough to be riding that new wave. You know, you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? You Freaks and Geeks guy? Judd Apatow, that's his, what is it, Judd's first thing or one of his first yes, things? Judd's first thing or one of his first things, yeah. And so my parents are that age. So they're, they were hitting their like formative years, tail end of the 70s, early 80s, and riding just eating up that new wave, you know what I mean? Of course. And it's like the 50s through... Whatever was going on in New York at the time, the very minimal aesthetic was awesome. Sure. My dad was, you know, going to a bunch of shows at CBGB's and just so cool. soaking up the atmosphere and listening to a lot of great music. And the Cars was one of his. And so, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of Beatles and 60s pop and stuff from my dad, but I also got a lot of New Wave. And the Cars hold a special place in my heart because they do sound like 60s rock. Totally. And one of my dad's favorite records grow, you know, when he was, you know, becoming a man was Candio. Candio, I need you. Sunday dress, ruby ring. Candio. And that I found when I was in my teens, too. Okay. Not just from him, but, and because I knew some of the songs from him, but I became briefly obsessed with Candio right around when I was starting college. You know, just imagine, if you will, a 18 year old white kid dressed like he's never properly dressed himself ever on the subway mm. listening to shooby doo in his ipod wow um like that kind of stuff so it's I, a great record yeah let's go i believe <sighs> let's go One and by the benjamin way benjamin Orr's best vocal performances i love that song there's a cover of that song at the top of chasing amy and that also fed into my cars fandom because i was a big kevin smith kid when i was a mm. teenager and yeah so i love the cars I love Heartbeat City. Yeah, I was going to save this for the track by track, but fuck it. Like, actually, I found the first track on this album, Heartbeat City, Hello Again. I found it when <laughs> VH1 ran it at the top of like an advertising campaign for whatever 80s show they were promoting mm. in the early 2000s. It was in those days of LimeWire and stuff, and I downloaded it, and I was just obsessed. Obsessed with this song, obsessed with this band, obsessed with OK6's whole like nerd thing and... Yeah, I just love the cars. Really do love them. And obviously we lost uh, Rick Ocasek last year. That's it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. But it was nice to hear random car songs in restaurants and stuff for a couple months there, you know, when people were... When they got one album 
off before he died. Well, I mean, it was like 10 years, maybe eight, nine years ago now. It's like 2011 or 12, something like that. Did they do a new one? Really? They did do one without Ben because Ben. He died in the ben, early 2000s, right? 2000 or 99, something like that. Yeah. Like throat cancer or something like that. Really, really not good. The Cars, I got all of these albums. I got the first album, which is, I think they make a joke themselves, where it's like their their greatest hits album that was their first album. <laughs> yeah. Which is very, very funny. And to think that, so this band formed in 76, and then that first album came out, I believe it's 78. I want to say 78, yeah. 78, and then Candio 79. And then so on this album, we get back to them in 84 there's a lot of artists like david bowie where you're like wow all of these albums are good and then he releases something like scary monsters where it's like a collection a summary of all of the stuff he did up to that point and then he maybe rejects the rest of it in the next decade and that's what this album feels like for me where i mean where do you go if you release the cars the cars is your first album and it has just what i needed Good times roll. Mm. My, My best, best friend's, girl. friend's yeah. girl. Yeah, all those are classic tunes. But you know what? The cars keep belting out those freaking classics all the way up through this record. I don't know about beyond. I don't know after this what they did really. But from my vantage point, this is where it falls off and it never really comes back. You know, Rick goes on. He produces a lot of great bands like Weezer and. Elliot Easton did other projects. There was that brief reappearance of the cars in 2005 or six where Todd Rundgren. The new cars. Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. Forget Ben. Forget Rick. Hi, I'm Todd Rundgren. <laughs> and I'm a car now. <laughs> and we're in the cars. <laughs> and and you know uh, yeah, the, the rest of the band is here, more or less. That song is so fucking good. And actually... <laughs> yeah, the way he sings all that tonight. stuff. Not Tonight. Yeah, it's a great song. I forgot that song even existed until we talked about it on this show. And then it came back in my rotation. Because I was spinning yeah. that thing pretty heavily in 2000, whatever, five or six. Whatever. Well, it's an excellent song. It's really if the, good. If the cars, the actual cars, and Rick or Ben or someone had sang that song, I think that would fit right up there with any of these tracks. Yeah. But so, okay, so get this. So I'm a fan of The Cars. I'm a fan of the album. Candio, Shake It Up, all of those records. And I was still, this was, I'd say, early college where I hadn't fully developed my obsession with synthesizers where I, I just didn't really get it yet. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. called freshman year. Yeah. And I'm a big Todd fan because of, you know, we've already discussed that on this show. You can go listen to those episodes, revisit those. They announced that the new cars is a thing. They're going to be on tour. I think it's 2005, 2006. And you go and you're at the arena and he's like, holy shit, this is the cars. But Todd Rundgren is singing. <laughs> and they start with hello again. Really? Hello. But it's Todd's like, hello, <laughs> hello again. 
and the band kicks and they they sound better than most of the young bands at this time because you have to remember this is like the era of arcade fire where a lot of that emo rock was still around yeah a lot of shoegazy stuff alkaline trio alkaline trio even afi i believe Mm. was still sort of a thing yes all these punk pop punk avril lavigne some 41 style of things the runoff from that and here are these old men that are just singing happy rock and roll (laughs) songs that sound like from the the 50s or 60s or 80s and you can't tell and they're just hooky and good and you're like yeah this is this is what music is supposed to be so so that's how i discovered this album i'm like what car song is this yeah why don't i know this song and i i remember buying the cd on amazon it's like one of the first things i bought on amazon it was like this in a brian eno album I like, love oh, that. Sp- oh. and it was that time where you're like can i put my credit card information on the internet <laughs> because you're a college kid like am i gonna get all my am i gonna be bankrupt or like well by the way you're a college kid so you're already bankrupt so you're not gonna lose that much kid yeah, yeah, yeah. but then i get the cd the art is cool there's a full it's a it's in the classic car sense where it's but this is you have to fold it out to see the whole image yeah and you put this thing on and it's like track after track you're like wait a second this is just like almost like the first album except it's all of these Fairlight synthesizers and things that i guess greg hawks is the guy's name the the little guy Mm. who later had some ukulele career covering beatles songs i don't know if you saw any of that material i've seen greg hawks oh really i saw him at a Beetlefest. Yeah, I saw him at a Beetlefest because he was hawking his album of ukulele Beatles songs. And because he does and have a Beatle connection. Do you know what it is? I, I, I shouldn't have. Hold on. You ready for this one? It's Flowers in the Dirt and it's Motor give, of Love. Give me, yeah, it's Motor okay. of Love. plays i want to say all the synthesizers on motor of love i don't know if it's a co-write technically but he he did contribute a lot to that and i love motor of love motor right. of love is a can i tell you a stupid song yeah but i love it so much that's why i like it too <laughs> if chris mercer would hear he'd be very disappointed in me uh, but I, sometimes you just want to eat a snickers bar you yeah. know you're like this isn't good for me but this is great it tastes great yeah, you and know that's what? what motor of love is Pizza tastes nice. Motor of Love kind of sounds good. Like, it's fine. But I... So, yeah, anyway, I saw him perform. And he performed Motor of Love um, live. Wow. At that Beatles On the fest. ukulele? Beetlefest, what they do at night is they drag all the guests, all the special guests out on stage and they all do either medleys of Beatles songs or of their own hits or of songs that are tangentially related to the Beatles. And anyway, he did, yeah, so he did Motor of Love, but I love that song. And so anyway, I did that. He's the only, the one and only member of the Cars I have seen live. 
I don't know. He looks like a, a character from the labyrinth. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a nerd. He's like a yeah. <laughs> he is a nerd. There's no way around it. Yeah, but he's very talented. It's nerd. like you could swap him out for Bill Gates or something. It's like, yeah, that's a nerd. Yeah, did Bill Gates make Microsoft? Is he very rich? Yes. Yeah, that's a nerd though. Yeah. Greg Hawks, very very brilliant synthesis. Excuse me, synthesizer player and programmer. Did you call him a he's synthesist? A, because I love that. Can we do that? Well, there's a Todd Rundgren song. I was born to synthesize. <laughs> and it's like his voice is just modulated and filtered through all these synthesizers. Oh, I love I that. spent a lot of time in college listening to music, folks. Yeah. And it was obscure stuff. You and me both. So, yeah, so I guess... I'll do that thing where I'm supposed to tell you about the album, the history, and teach you about some stuff. <laughs> hello. Hello. March 13th, 84. It's Ooh. an Electra Records album. I believe most of them were released on Electra. When, I don't know if Jack was still around. I believe Jack Holtzman was still around. It was produced by Robert John Mutlang. Mm-hmm. And this guy... Oh, you've got a Mutt Lang thing? I have a brief Mutt Lang thing. I saw that online, and I was wondering, where the fuck have I heard of that name before? Oh, so what do you got? Because going back to VH1, and I was watching a lot of VH1 in the late 90s, early 2000s. Not an MTV kid, a VH1 kid. I was a VH1 kid. Waiting to see the <laughs> When We Was Fab music video, just <laughs> hanging on there for three hours, just hoping it would come on. I was obsessed with Behind the Music, and I watched every Behind the Music episode many, many times. And including the Shania Twain behind the music, where I learned That's that great. Mutt Lang was the husband of Shania Twain. Yes. And that is where I remembered Mutt Lang from. And I remembered they had some kind of tumultuous thing or whatever. But yes, I that is where I was like, oh, Shania Twain behind the music. That's my second VH1 connection to this record. Anyway. Yeah, well, he also produced her, I believe it was The Woman in Me and Come On Over and Up. Yeah. A lot of the records with her mega ultra hits that's that's amazing yeah, yeah i tune into I'm, shania once the leopard print hoodie comes out and then then i'm tuning in and then after that i'm tuning out so i got a very <laughs> very narrow shania window you know what i mean there's a high and low pass filter on time for you <laughs> it's very yeah. boxy little mid-range thing mm-hmm. yeah so he produced uh, just some highlights clover you know the Boomtown Rats, their 1977 album. The ACDC album, Highway to Hell. You may have heard of that. Yes. He also did Back in Black. And for those about to rock, we salute you. So some follow-ups for ACDC. All classics. Foreigners 4, which is a great album. Mm. Def Leppard's Pyromania in 83. A couple of Brian Adams records. Michael Bolton. So he's... Just he's, hit, doing, he's hitting the arenas, is what he's doing. He's hitting the arenas. This guy knows how to dial in the sound to get the best possible thing. Scroll through his discography. Great guy. So The Jack Antonoff of the 80s. Without all of the Woody Allen stuff that Jack Antonoff has. <laughs> Whatever that means. I don't know what it means, but it yeah, sounds... It's compelling. It sounds controversial. <laughs> so yeah, this album got a positive response. Many tracks were on the radio. So many singles. So many. I, I believe the best known songs are Drive. Yeah. And You Might Think, which more or less follow the formula of a lot of these albums where Ben... So Ben Orr doesn't really write any of this material. But there's always one record that Rick gives him. 
Yeah. That punches through like just what I needed or let's go. In this record, it's Drive, which what a fantastic song when we get to. Oh, so good. So many singles. And and by the way, you might think, I think is just what I needed level. Drive is sort of a totally. whole different thing. Like that's a, not unique in their catalog, but unique in their like hits catalog. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think you might think and just what I needed are kind of in the same arena. And it's amazing that they were able to keep churning out those kinds of hooky numbers over that span of time. And again, that's what secures them as, you know, more than just a product of an era. They're, you know, just really good hit makers. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm surprised Ben didn't sing that one. But I think for Rick, it was, I think by that point in their career, He's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this one. I don't have a, a Rick Ocasek allergy. And actually, for the, I'd say for at least a year, I didn't know that there were two different singers. I, I thought... Same thing. Yep. It's like these two guys are... Yeah, one's a little more McCartney-esque, a little more refined, and one's a little more Lennon and Dylan. I think that's why I like the band. There's a lot of mirror images of the Beatles in them. Yeah. And... Just a rock and roll band, though, man. What a great group of guys. And they sound, well, Ocasek and Orr sound so similar that it is in that Beatle-y way where if you're not terribly accustomed to listening to Beatles songs, you may not really understand the difference between a George vocal and a John vocal. Or, I mean, Paul's a little more distinct, but yeah, I didn't know there were two singers either for the longest time. And then I think I became aware of it when they were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I watched that performance, and then I sort of got to know which were Ben's songs and which were Rick's songs and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's uh, you know a lot of talent in that band on every level. Totally. So the album was received positively, maybe not positively as some of the earlier albums. My favorite review is always Robert Christgau. And I'm just going to read his whole review as quickly as I can. With hooks recurring as predictably as zebras on a carousel or heartbeats in a city, the glossy <laughs> approach the cars invented has made this the best year for pure pop in damn near 20. And it's only fair that they should return so confidently to form. They still don't have much to say, and they're still pretty much arc, arch or arc about it. But there's no reason for anybody to get unduly bothered, and neither is Greg Hawks's Fairlight. <laughs> this album had six singles, six of them. A lot. Sp- spanning two years from 84 to 85, March 84 to September 85. You might think Magic Drive, Hello Again, Why Can't I Have You, and Heartbeat City, which I'm surprised by, but that was a UK-only release. I was also surprised by that, yes. <laughs> and that brings us right into the record but i think we have to stop somewhere first i'm gonna learn how to play it good morning i'm gonna be your instructor okay i know you're anxious to jump right in well this is false We're going to talk about MIA. bullet corner. Anyway. MIA and how disappointed I am in her anti-vaxxing stature at some other point in this show. But yes, this is Paul's bullet corner. 
It's where I summarize the album in weird poetry. And I did another threefer here. And I did and I did more short ones. Cause I just was I was feeling like these gotta be pithy, you know what I mean? What if you had to describe in a piano little twinkle what pithy is? How would that sound, Ryan? For those paying attention at home, it's G sharp and B flat. That's a pithy. <laughs> Bullet point number one. A strap-on chassis around the old Adam's apple in shape. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Rex used to strap on. What batteries does that take? Oh, wait, no, this is not necessarily electric. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> The furthest possible location from the natural world. <laughs> it's so true. Just out there. And what left. isn't synthesized on this track? <laughs> I, I can't tell anymore. And the third bullet in the series. What I assume the inside of Corey Feldman's brain sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been Paul's Bullet Corner. Shall we get into track one? Hello again. Hello. <sighs> Hello. Again. Hello. Hello again. I can't do the orchestra hits, but those are. <laughs> So the first thing I want to say mm. is that the music video was directed by Andy Warhol. Oh my God in heaven. That's a profanity it, prayer right there. That is correct. Oh my God. So yeah, directed by Warhol, who also appeared in the video as the bartender. Jesus. And this is, uh, so Gina Gershon, she appeared in the video unknown at the time. Rick married her. This is right. where they met. Right. Yes. I mean... Just give me some of that voice, though. That's fucking syrup, that stuff. I mean, wow. He sounds so good. He's like, I described him in my notes here as just the rock and roll Fonz. He's like, he's just so Mm. smooth. He's got such a cool way of singing. He hits all the notes, but you also get the impression that he's talking or singing directly to you when he's doing it, you know? Yeah, I love Rick's lyrics, you know? Even all these little, little things I noted, like one hand on the ground one hand in space and you're like okay that could just be a crazy person touching the ground or maybe doing some yoga pose but is he talking about stretching your arm all the way into space and the answer is maybe maybe he, he might may be. be talking about that want to feel electric wanna it's exactly feel what i was about to say yes want to be eclectic, eclectic. you want to call a truce i just wrote all caps yes i'm just like i'm so here for his style on every level the electronica thing the personal lyrics his version of rock singing i just love it all i'm here for it it's fantastic and this I, for whatever reason this just reminds me i've always loved his style just like you're saying when i was living in new york a buddy of mine knew jack holtzman 
wow. really well. And he invited me to some Jack Holtzman talk. And I'm sitting there, you know, young idiot, haircut probably like it is now, <laughs> always wearing a sports coat in New York for some stupid reason. Because if you're young and in New York, you yes. should wear a sports coat to I let know. everyone know that you are poor <laughs> and an idiot. <laughs> Honey, we can't afford to look this cheap. Yeah. And I turn to my left and there, that's, that's Rick and Gina. You're kidding. And he looks like he walked out of a music video set. Stop it. Yeah. Just like in character. Don't. Didn't talk to him. No. But I saw him while he was alive. And for us music nerds, like, I don't know. You're like, you know, New York's tough. And you're like, God, this place sucks. And then every once and again, you have a high. That's the highest of highs. (laughs) That's Uh, amazing. That's amazing. Hello again, Rick. Yeah. (laughs) He must get that a lot. I mean, when, I don't know. I mean, because you can't miss him. He's like nine feet tall. Very tall. I mean, the shades, and you're not going to miss that. But the amount of joy in his songs that he's brought to people over the years, he must have gotten that constantly. Constantly, yeah. Like a whoa, you know. Yeah, I mean, mean, this is going to be a lot of what I say in this album. This, um, like, I don't really intellectualize this record at all you can't. i put it on and i just my hands are up on a roller coaster <laughs> right. and i'm just it. screaming in joy just go down yeah! just head down you just whoo, fly, flying down the mountain i put this album on and i don't want to turn it off and i mean my last note on this song is this is my happy place like this song <laughs> is my happy place i just love it i mean i could live in this song i mean this is what i like about popular music this song has everything that a cars fan wants got big hooks yeah Guitar hooks. Elliot Easton, their lead guitarist, also lefty, right? Mm. So that's another element of it where you're like, ooh, this kind of has echoes of the Beatles where you have a lefty guy. Yeah, the old Southpaw. You know, your George is your lefty instead of your Paul. Right. But uh, that's, yes, looking at them on stage is really great. Nothing bad to say about Hello Again. It's just amazing. It's a great, great song. When you told me that we were going to do this record next, I knew this song was on it. And I didn't realize any other hits were on it because the Cars albums, I don't, I'm not super familiar with their discography in a, other yeah. than Candio. I know that album pretty back to front. Great run. Great. Yeah. This was all I was expecting to know off of this record. Ooh, you were wrong about that. Right. But even if that was the case, I would have been happy because it's a really good song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. So that takes us to track two, Looking for Love. Another Rick track. You know, here she comes, looking for love. Big hook. Looking for love. Yeah. Really, really nice. I guess my, the one note I had, and this kind of dips in and out of reality, just like this album. I see this as a bit of an allusion to the song Tonight She Comes, Hmm. which is a Rick Ocasek solo record that it was either the label or the band was like, wait, no, this is way too good to be on some somebody's solo album so let's put it out huh here she comes looking for love and then he completes the thought with tonight you know tonight 
she comes. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that song. I did not, no. But it's the same era, same production. I know tonight she comes. She's taken a swipe at fun. She gives me a reason to study my sights. If that song had been on this record or a single of this album, I think it would have eclipsed at least the Cars, but some of the earlier albums for me. I I don't know how these guys, after five years or six years of churning out these records, were able to turn in a record like this. Maybe it was like when Billy Joel met What's-Her-Name... And then did uh, Uptown Girl and that whole album as fast as possible. (laughs) Right, right, right. You get inspired. The sexual element. You know, maybe it was Gina. Who knows? But they met on the video set. So that's, I mean, after the record's made. You assume, but. Right. Yeah, I've never heard any OKC solo work. Ever. So. You know, I don't have it. I haven't either. Because in that song specifically, they plucked it off of his solo records for a car single. It's on a greatest hits, but is often included in this era. But I mean, yeah, this song, Looking for Love. It's good. Come on, lover. Make the switch. (laughs) Pull the cover. Oh, make a wish. Like, is this guy, who is this guy? Is he Bob Dylan? He's like the electric neon Bob Dylan of minimalism. Almost a, uh, got a kind of a crooner thing going on in the way he treats the choruses because they sound almost spoken word, you know, yeah. You get the impression that he's, uh, that's, that's what I mean when I said at the top, you know, it feels like he's talking yeah. to you. They feel intensely personal. Very, yeah. Even though the musicianship is disconnected from reality. Totally knows, yeah. The songs themselves, you know, really do kind of pierce your soul. I got some ELO vibes on this from the backing vocals. Definitely. And, and throughout the record, really. Um, but I love the, I dig the little guitar solo in there and... Even though it doesn't sound natural, I'm sort of not mad at it. And actually, this one is funny because it reminded me of a song from an artist called Mick Smiley hmm. called Magic from the Ghostbusters soundtrack. Mm. <laughs> and it's kind of, it does have that little like, almost, uh, what do you call it? McCartney used it for Bluebird, like a... Uh, I don't know, a rhythm box, I think that's what it's called. Yes, rhythm box, sure. It has a kind of a rhythm box like feel to it, which is I think what they use in that song Magic I'm referring to before we get to the actual But then it morphs into like this kind of Debbie Gibson thing. And the whole thing sounds kind of youthful. Uh, it sounds very vital and young and... Exactly. All that That's stuff. That's almost the thesis statement for this band. It's just young energy, youth, yeah. carefree, sex, relationships. All that. Exploration. It's hard to analyze a song or a set of lyrics like 
looking for love because it is exactly what's in there. And it, the construction of the song is so per It's just great pop songwriting. Right. Yeah. And that's what we mean by pop. You know, it's just, it speaks to a popular sensibility. It speaks to many different people on many different levels. It's just what pop music is. And I just love the fact that so far, and you'll continue to see this, all of these songs are almost four minutes long. <laughs> they are long. They are long. Yes. But you're like, yeah, I'm I'm in this world, and Greg Hawks is doing something, and he's <laughs> slamming modulators in my face, and I don't like. How right. do you even program a patch that sounds like that? But what I find very fascinating is Fountains of Wayne. There's a few other groups that come later. They just steal this style. Like yeah. Stacy's mom is just in the Cars mm -hmm. sensibility, and so Greg Hawks, for as big of a nerd as he is, I think the nerds they have a lot to say in terms of influence on art. I mean, that's what the Marvel Cinematic Universe would tell us, right? Um, True, yes. Yes, those later bands borrow from the Cars in the same way that the Cars were borrowing from Phil Spector. Yep. And you draw a pretty neat line between the sound of the Cars and the sound of the 60s and the sound of, you know, these later bands and things. And mm -hmm. I mean, in the end, you're just building on what came before and you know, we were talking in the last episode about how I feel like I keep turning in records that are modern takes on old sounds, but really that's just what music is at a certain point. You know, you just keep building so on true. it and stuff. So true. Especially pop music and rock music, but yeah, it's a great one. Really good song. Great. So let's go to track three, Magic. So this is actually the song. That was, <laughs> when I'm listening to Looking for Love, going through this, listen, I'm not realizing that the song after this one is called Magic. And I'm <laughs> thinking about the Ghostbusters soundtrack song, Magic. And then the literally track three is Magic. So that was blowing my mind. Yeah, clearly. And by the way, I have two copies of the Ghostbusters soundtrack <laughs> near my person right now. So you're in good company. I believe it's magic. It's good. Um, this one, it's uh, it's a little more rocking than the other tracks so far in the series. I love that fat bass line during the verses. I love the backing vocals. We even get a little cowbell. Ooh. And it does sound kind of tinny and hyper compressed, but it is there. So we have some cows. So they're, I mean, they're synthesized cows. Definitely. If Greg Hawks has anything to do with it. But they, I mean... To be honest, we've all been served a synthesized cow or two at the Jack in the Box. So, listen, it's great, catchy chorus, fun little rocker, great tune. The way Rick just builds with the tension, you know, summer turns me upside down. You're like, yeah, it's a car song. And then it's that beep, 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 I see you under the midnight, shackles and bows. How could you let me go? And you think he's going to go big time cars chorus, but he pulls it down almost into a bridge. Yeah. I got to hold on, you. Gotta hold on you. Oh, oh, it's magic. magic. Like, of course this is a single. Oh, oh it's magic. Yeah, and I, I guess number 12 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Number one in mainstream rock charts. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah, they nailed it. And the video, I don't know if you watched the video. 
I hadn't seen this video. I've seen a lot of the other ones. The music video for this, it's at a pool party. Mm. And there's an array of crazy, deranged people. And Rick is on the... He's walking on the water. (laughs) Yes. So I did see actually a bunch written about the video and how there was plexiglass set up. I appreciated this little nugget. Apparently the plexiglass that they used to create the simulation of people walking on water had collapsed. Yeah, it broke. For the first time. Look, he's a giant man. (laughs) Rick Ocasek was nine feet tall if he was a day old, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He always played enormous guitars and he even made those look small. And you're like, God bless (laughs) Oh, oh, it's It's magic. magic. It's really good. It's a good tune. Yeah, it's very, 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 very good. Still, I like Hello, It's Me more, but, you know, this is more popular song. I understand very in line with what was going on in music at the time. But what's wild is that you go from this, you're like, oh, yeah, hello, it's me. Hello again. Oh, hello, hello again. Yes, hello again. Looking for love, magic, and then you're smacked in the face with Drive. Yeah, Drive. So I got to know Drive. It was through a Beatles podcast, and I forget who was on the Beatles podcast talking about Drive, but they were talking about Benjamin Orr and what Benjamin Orr brought to the cars with his, even though it was similar sounding to Rick, it's about what, I guess, what he brought with his inflection to that band and... I got to know Drive that way, although I had heard it, obviously. It's a, it's kind of a, you can't really escape it. It's sort of a classic song, pop song in that way. But it's just, I don't know, I think this is a perfect song. If somebody had to tell me, if I had to point somebody in the direction of, okay, what's a perfect, like, slow dance song? Right. Slow dance rock song. Yeah, yeah. I think Drive is there. it that it was the hit that it was i guess it was a number three single on the billboard hot 100 number one in adult contemporary and yeah and you nailed it just reaching similar heights in the in the europe and the uk i guess their highest charting u.s single and the second highest charting uk single behind my best friend's girl so it deserves all of that i could listen to this song all day never gets i mean i never get bored of hearing this song you know what i mean yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm, I got to fact check myself. The music video for this song, Paulina is in. Paulina Ports, I can't pronounce that. That's who Rick married. So there's a lot of music video girls. It wasn't yeah. Gina who I saw. It was Paulina, Gina, Paulina, very close. I remember the first time I heard the song, I didn't even realize it was the Cars. I thought it was some other group. And I'm almost positive this is what McCartney wanted with motor if this love, is yeah. yeah if this is 84 and by i mean by 84 or 5 this is a huge song so then he's working on flowers in the dirt next couple of years this is definitely why he would have pulled him in i mean i'm thinking like literally as we're talking right now i'm just thinking about how i want to go listen to this song later <laughs> like i just love this song so much it's so it's just so good and again i think you mentioned from robert christigau's 
review that the lyrics aren't really groundbreaking. They're not really earth-shattering. They're not Dylan poetry, but they are direct, and they are intensely personal. Who's going to pick you up when you fall? Who's going to hang it up when you call? Who's going to pay attention to your dreams? Who's going to plug their ears when you scream? Just yeah, you can't go on. cuts through it can, right to the point. Wrong. It's just perfect. It's just a really great, perfect song. And I lo- oh, give me them bongos all day. Give mm. me them. Mm, mm, give me them bongos. You know Beautiful. what I mean? Yeah, of course. Fantastic. Those, uh, you're going to lose that girl bongos. <laughs> Need them. Is that the song where they cut the hole in the floor and yeah. Ringo falls through? <laughs> and they go... Uh, <laughs> And the, the producer, the, the quote producer on the track goes, boys, are you buzzing? And Lennon goes, no thanks, I've got the car. Which is just a really funny little drunk driving joke that just kind of slides in there. You don't really catch it. <laughs> that, yeah, wow, I didn't even, I got to rewatch Help. Oh, man, oh man. Help is the drive of movies. I could just watch it all day. It is a really good movie. Mm. Where you been, Nate? You're not that temple again, aren't you? As bad as your sister coming home from work all hours and all colors. Yeah, drive. Excellent. Drive. Fantastic. And you know, you say, okay, so simple. I think simple is hard to do. Simple is hard to do. You've talked often on this podcast about how the best thing to do is to be direct, to boil it down, convey that point. And I agree. Who's going to tell you when it's too late? There's not even he, she, any of that. There's none of that. There's not, you know, man, woman, this could apply to anybody. And I think that that has a lot to do with the success of the song. So any person is going, yeah, I have somebody like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And then you blend that with Benjamin Orr's just big hog sex appeal on the bass. Straight man, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I think. <laughs> and uh, Greg Hawks and all of his little blip, blip, blips. And then just the... That you know that Rick's somewhere in the background, just like nodding. (laughs) I made this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now 10 feet tall because of the success of this. Talented songwriter, talented band. Perfect, perfect execution. Ben sang that song, Drive. If you would take all the parts away and have the keyboard, drone, organ, and have the lead vocal, that's what Drive would have been when it was demoed. It's not very much more complex than that on the record. However, it might sound more lush, but it's actually very simple. I mean, the parts and things. I would have never thought that was a single when I wrote it. David Robinson and Ben Orr. It had more of a Latin beat to it in the beginning. The very beginning of Drive, yeah. We changed that around, straightened it out a bit. Oh, it was great. It had like a, kind of like a cha-cha, but it worked great against... You know, the like slow open melody gave it this really weird tension. Amazing. Yeah. It's this late in, this, in their career that they're churning out songs like this. Truly. It takes you to Stranger Eyes, which is the last song on the A side of the album. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, bl- I was a little, bl- you probably read this. The song was used in the theatrical trailer. For Top Gun. (laughs) I did not. Didn't make it into the soundtrack, though, for whatever reason. Yeah, 
sometimes that's how I find songs, actually, trailer songs. Have you ever find a song through a trailer song? Yeah. But what is it? Is it nothing from nothing? I'm just trying to think of the movie, though. Nothing from nothing means nothing. It's in some trailer. Oh, Billy Preston. Mm. I believe it was in a trailer for a Jack Black movie, but I can't remember. And I remember, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful ditty. <you> know? <laughs> I found a couple that way. The one, oh, fuck. I don't remember what the band is called. They did the trailer song for the movie Sin City. Frank Great Lord. movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a bit. Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this, uh, I did not read that. Is that a pan flute in this? Yes. Or is that a synth Or is it synthesized? You can, you'll never know. <laughs> Greg, you have to go knock on Greg Hawks' door. I haven't said the, his name this much ever. <laughs> I think I've only ever known about him and read about him. Yeah. I mean, he was very nice. He was wearing, um, when I met him and got a, I don't think I took a picture with him. I think my dad has a picture with him, but he was wearing one of the Shea Stadium suits. You know what I mean? The wow. The like I said, canvas color before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say it again. I don't want. I feel like in ten years from now, all of this stuff I've said on this podcast is just gonna ruin my life. <laughs> I do love all the zillions of synthesizers firing at once in this thing. It gives you almost like an action movie type feel. A lot of drama in this song. And I like this one. Very listenable. Does have that '80s twang on it. But again, I like '80s twang. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. My, some of my favorite music has that sort of sound to it. And uh, and maybe it's not the most tastefully executed version of that. But I don't care. Like it's just yeah, nice. No. It's just nice music. It's nice. And I mean, on an album so far, like you could complain about "Stranger Eyes." But what was the song previous, and what's the next song? <laughs> oh, can we get to it? Yeah. Jackson. So let's just go. You might think. So this is actually my first note on it, and I mean this in the best possible way. It's the first song on the record that feels kind of real to me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel quite as manufactured as the other ones in terms of the synthesizers and the instruments. I feel like a band is playing this song, and I think that's what's giving me those earlier Cars records kind of vibes to it. If you told me that this song was on their first album, the one with all the hits, I would have believed right. you. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't even know it was this late. I had no idea. It does harken back to that era. It's just because Rick is such a great songwriter. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's one of the best pop rock songs of all time, this song. You think you're in the movies and everything's so deep, but I think that you're wild <laughs> when you flash that fragile smile. Oh, ah, what a great lyric, oh, Rick. That's That's one of my favorite lyrics in the whole thing. I love the little breakdown, too, where he's... It's It was hard, so hard to take. You know, How whole, do you do this every time to me? That's literally the... I like want to yeah. screen grab it. 
<laughs> but then, okay, so this is where we get the personal thing again, where Rick gets really close. I'm going to get really close to the mic. Rick gets really close to the getting mic. Really he goes, close. We're getting real close to the microphone. But you kept it going till the sun fell down. Boom. You kept it going. <laughs> oh, man. So It's good. really good. So good. I don't even care about the synthesizers. Any, I mean, I know they're there, but it feels like this is a band playing me a song, and I love it. I, I'm so here for it. Fantastic all around. And the music video is so crazy. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that there was like nine music videos for this album. I was like, I don't there think I are can watch so it. many music videos, and you yeah. definitely don't have to watch them all. But this one is like the equivalent of Greg Hawks's synthesizers for your eyes. <laughs> Just where, everything at once, always. Well, it starts with this lady in this weird, very surreal room, and she's like laying back in her bed, and then the whole room blows apart, and it's all of these 3D <laughs> graphics from 1983 oh, or 4 no. that it. pour into Rick Ocasek's open skull, and then he starts singing the song. <laughs> Please tell me this and, claymation. <laughs> And <laughs> I, I don't know. Then you're back in her room. Like she never left. And then she's in the tub for some reason. And Rick, he's there, but in the submarine, like one of those periscopes from a submarine Jesus. is in the tub. Oh my God. And then the boys in the whole band, except for Rick, are on a bar of soap in the tub. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> 80s computer three dimension. Oh, I love it. I love it. You're like, what kind of drugs are these guys all on? And you're like, oh yeah, that's... That's the girl that ended up his wife. So she thought, despite all of it, oh, this guy's pretty, he's pretty yeah. cute. Greg I, Hawks is a horrifying dentist in the video. <laughs> and he's like drilling the girl's teeth. And like later, she like she's like home for some reason and, uh, and opens her lipstick. But Rick is the lipstick. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend just watching the video <laughs> 10 times in a row and trying to make any sort of sense of it fant it's it's as good if i didn't even hear the audio it's as good as the song and then it's like that song with that video it's just good and then and so i looked into it i'm like how much did this cost to make and it, at the time in 84 it was eighty thousand dollars wow which even today is like oh eighty thousand that's a lot of money man yeah so at the time it was triple the average video budget at the time it used to be about 20 grand 15 20 grand yeah, well, it's a big song. I get it. Hey, guys, I'm going to turn Rick Ocasek into a fly <laughs> that buzzes around. <laughs> I need another $80,000 from the budget to do this video. Uh, here you go. Got, got, just doing lines of cocaine <laughs> on his desk. Who's it for? The cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open the PO. Just push that through. Uh, that's good. I'm going to watch that literally after we get off this call. I'm going to watch that. Oh, it's, I hope everyone listening while drive. No, no, don't pull over if you're driving, but just <laughs> watch this video. Pause it and go watch it. Yeah. So track seven, it's not the night.
This is a Greg Hawks original. And I kind of got that because it originally, actually, when I was writing my notes on here, it opens almost, we mentioned Shooby-Doo at the top. It's a lot like that song. It has a little bit of that experimental Shooby-Doo thing going on, but it does kind of go into a more traditional song uh, at a certain point. And I do love it when the guitar comes in and... And then it starts going to like Rocky Three Town or something. I'm getting a little bit of that. And maybe that's just from that production, that Mutt Lang production we were talking about, that Foreigner or whatever, that 80s like arena sound. But we do get that a bit. I think, you know, my third note on it was when this band finds a groove, they're like a dog with a damn bone. They just, they don't let it go. And that's why they can get away with noodling that much on the synth because at their core, they have that under structure. They have the bones to do it. Yeah. You know, they can, they can really hold it down when they have to. It starts in a weird place, but ends in a, in a classic spot. Have you seen any of the covers Greg Hawks has done of this song? No. <laughs> They're also worth your time, but that's, Cannot I think, wait. all I can say. Yeah. I don't know why I'm picking on Greg Hawks, and I'm really sorry, Greg, because <laughs> you might be listening to this. I actually am a big fan of yours, and I have nowhere near the success you have. There's just something about how earnest you are, despite the fact that you're in this heavy ultra rock and roll band <laughs> that just makes you so rad. <laughs> but think of it, you know, you wouldn't have the synthesizer solo and just what I needed. Wait, I can do it. Oh, I was doing singing in the wrong key. Great aura. Those are world class. Everybody knows those riffs, and he wrote them all. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing guy in rock and roll. Amazing. But in terms of songwriting, eh, it's not the night. Could you have cut this off the album? Yes. To get right? your nine song record? Yeah, to get to the old Niner, Niner yeah. Rooney. But it's still, I, I, I like that we have it. I do. It reached number 31 on the rock I charts. I can't. I can't. Who am I to even say it? You know. What the fuck? Yeah, a lot of lot of singles, a lot of singles, and then yeah, a lot we get of singles. Track eight here. Why can't I have you another single, which went top forty, by the way? Crazy. Fifth single. This one is pretty suggestive. I think my second note on it is easy, Rick. Open a bottle of wine if you want to bang me this hard, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) We got a dreamy lips set in motion flashing. Ah, breathless hush, a pounding soft lasting. Oh, glossy mouth, a taste untamed, a moving carousel up and down just like you hey good whoa. god bump those brakes buddy 
Hey. <laughs> Who's the homeless guy at Starbucks singing this poetry to himself? No, I mean, that's cool. It's wild lyric. Yeah. Is that slide guitar on here? Or is yeah. it synth? I can't tell. Well, <laughs> it's the Schrodinger's cat of albums. Sounds a little slidey. If you know, it instantly is not the thing you think it is. Right. It's good. I like it. I like the, there's some synth strings around the three minute mark that, I don't know. I think if they were real, it would have just not fit in with the context of the album, but I would be curious to kind of know what that would have sounded like. Mm. I don't know. It's a, it's another good one. It's another good one on an album of good songs. It is. Yeah. It's a good song. Talks about a candy smile, little reference back to candy. O. just one more time to touch you. Just one more time to tell you a little bit of just what I needed. Yeah. Even if it's just the word just, then I guess it's not. This is why I feel like this album is a summer. It's like a, here's all the stuff we did. Here's us doing it one more time. Maybe slightly better, maybe slightly worse. Right. But I'll also here are six singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's some singles that I think are superior to others in the end. But I am kind of astonished that they were able to pull that many singles off of this thing. And they were not just like throwaways they did chart yeah um, for the most part but um but yeah this is another one where i didn't realize this was a single and i think the first time i heard it was my first listen through for this episode good song not as great as the next song i refuse another elo vibe for me just baby i refuse This one actually feels almost like a Hello Again hangover. Like yes. It's a similar beat. It plays with similar kind of soundscapes, but it not in a way I'm angry at. I kind of love it, actually, especially since it comes so late in the record. It makes it feel more cohesive. Perfectly worded a hangover of that song. It has a similar vibe to it. Yeah. I'd argue that this is up there. If it's not my favorite song, it's like number two or three. Wow. Just that chorus. You can pick or choose, find somebody else to use, because I refuse to come along. He's always talking about coming along or com- <laughs> whether that's sexual or not, that's in there. But I actually have no notes on the song, despite the fact that it's one of my favorite songs. I, I was had, just like, yeah, not yeah, many this, uh, either. This is, uh, this is great. I pulled out, and everything's on a whim, and that's what you said to him. And lying in wonderlust are feelings you'd never trust. And when they pamper you with ice, I can't believe you don't think twice. <laughs> Paradise. <laughs> it's like chopping broccoli. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's a, Well, I mean, I appreciate anything that references Wanderlust. Just because of the weed boat. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it gets to the point. Simple, concise, drives at home. No pun intended. Maybe <laughs> a little. I don't know. Some... 14%. It's good. Good track. 
It's great. Just listen. Like I said earlier, all of these songs, you're like, yeah, these are great songs. Can I talk about... That's partly why I think I saved it for so late in the season, because every time I looked at it on the list, I'm like, what do I have to say about that? Other than the fact that I'm going to say I love that song or I hate it. Right, right, right. Or Greg Hawks is a nerd. I don't know what I'm going to say. This makes me feel really good when I listen to it. Shout out to Greg. Greg, I'm so sorry. I'd like to repeat. Big fan. You are an accomplished... Yeah. You you made it all the way to Hog Hill, man. He did. He head up the Hog Hill. Does that bring us to track 10, then? Title track? That's it. Heartbeat City. Title track. Another Rick Ocasek track. Oh, Heartbeat City, here we come. ending i'm shocked this is a single though shocked i think the band was shocked too from what i read when he was talking about it no what did he say i think i found something online but i I must have not have written it down but i think he was shocked that it was a a single as well yeah rick okasic that's a nice ending for the record another stunning little personal vocal from rick and you know when he's talking to that jackie character it does feel real he feels like jackie's there and i just i i think what they're doing that motor of lovey kind of programming the voices into the backing vocals on a keyboard because it sounds you know it's it's like a pipe organ feel almost to it right in that sense but they're just in the end they're just great textures you know great texture the demo was called Jackie. You said that. You okay. mentioned her name. Yeah. But they just liked the phrase Heartbeat City so much that it ended up being the name of the album. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I found the thing. Rick called it too arty or esoteric to be a hit. Yeah, totally. And I, I kind of agree. But it's, you know, it's nice on the album. It's a good album track. Great, great song. At this point in the album, you just so beat up from how many great songs there have been you're like yeah yeah it's it's a great closer kind of a come down yeah and that's it heartbeat, heartbeat city. city defining record for them it seems four times platinum well hold on reception this may not stick but we're trying i'm gonna try it no I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an intro for it gentlemen You've just recorded your first number one. Wow, an award statue! Oh, it's a Grammy. I made you a list intro too, but I just you haven't done any lists in a while, so I haven't been able to use it. Oh, well, now that I know that I can create one. I used to get such shit for that. Another list. I'm like, yeah, but people want to hear the list. Do they? Yes. <laughs> so four times platinum in the United States. Gold, which is 100,000 in the UK. And then platinum in New Zealand, which is only 15,000. It's wow. probably based on population. We had year end of 84. This was the 12th ranking album. And in 85, it peaked at 49 on the U.S. 
200. So 12 in one year, 49 in the other year. Wow. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Right? It showed that those singles were really generating new interest, which is not a common thing. If you have two singles on a record that are culturally important, I mean, go ahead and do a victory lap because that does not happen very often. And this one had drive and you might think so like, you know, kudos to this record. Yeah, it's really, really unbelievable. Can you guess any of the 11 that were above it in 84? Because oh I'll just God. read them. <laughs> no. I hope one of them's the Ghostbusters soundtrack. I'm reading a list. Hey, Ryan's list. I can use the intro. What is this? I'm supposed to make a list. We got a real opportunity here. Guys, I'm going to read a list. Here we go. Give it to me. Number one, Thriller. There we go. Michael Jackson. Number two, Sports by Huey Lewis in the News. Of course. Three, Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down. These are all album titles. Four, An Innocent Man by Billy Joel. I knew this was in that same weird Billy yeah. Joel sex era. <laughs> Five, Culture Club. Color by Numbers, 6, Van Halen's 1984. Wow. I mean, look, they're a corny band, but what's not to love about Jim? What's not to love? You know what I mean? Like, Hot for T-shirt, all that stuff. Yeah, all the singles. That's my teen years right there. I'm going to power through these. Seven, ZZ Top's Eliminator, great. Eight, The Police's Synchronicity, whoo. Very good. Nine, the f- soundtrack to Footloose. Mm, the Bacon Man. Ten is Duran Duran's Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I've, I actually haven't heard that. I love And then Duran eleven Duran. is She's So Unusual by Cyndi Lauper. Huh. But there are, I mean... You can, there's a lot of lists available online. You can easily find this one. And they were way up there in 84 for a rock and roll band from the seventies to still be up there in the eighties. My point in reading that is they were up. That's some tough competition. Yes. Cultural phenomenons all around, but they were too, I guess. And that's it. I always think of Rick Moore as a mirror of the culture. Oh, of course. That's a man that could read the situation. The zeitgeist, I think you'd call it. Right. And just sort of put it through his filter. Think of all the things he loved from his past. Here's the new thing. Right. I think it's why Weezer came out of his production style. Yeah. Him like, okay, so these guys are like us, except what's going on now. Okay, uh, Buddy Holly, here you go. (laughs) Sweater song, here you go. Hash pipe. That's mine. Great. I like Rivers Cuomo and his oeuvre. And he contributed some great tracks to that new monkeys record good times yes he did from a few years ago which i i really enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed that so yeah again another guy who's standing on the shoulders totally well we did it thanks for bringing this one ryan this was your last one of the season but thank you all for joining us for this season and now hear this yeah thanks we were going to release this season a lot later and then there was a, a what how do you describe this a global pandemic that is how you would describe it, yeah. And we decided to accelerate it 
And we're happy we did. And we're happy you all joined us for it. So thank you for doing that. We did a lot this season. We we covered a lot of great records. And we want to thank everybody. I'd also like to quickly just say, hey, if you enjoy our show, please go on your favorite podcatcher of choice and rate, review, and subscribe. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, it really does help us. It increases visibility for the show. And... You know, there. I always forget to do it myself for my favorite podcast, but you know, I want to mention it here because it does really help, and we love hearing from all of you and the people who have rated and reviewed already. We appreciate. So please do that. Uh, tell a friend if you uh, happen to enjoy the the types of music you've heard on here. Tell a friend and and consider uh, you know maybe seeing spreading the word. You know what I mean? Being a little bit of an evangelist for the doesn't show. have to be five star review. It could be a three star review. Well, definitely make it five. <laughs> Everybody, thank you. Spread the word. Thanks again. And Ryan, thanks for bringing this record. This was fun. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for putting up with me. And enjoy every sandwich. Goodbye. Do you have an opinion about the album we discussed today? Contact us at, at now hear this podcast on Instagram, at now hear this pod on Twitter, facebook.com slash now hear this podcast or email us at nowhearthisofficial at gmail.com. See you next time. Little mezcal's making me a little loose. Wait, I actually pulled it. It's just not loading. Why isn't this loading? I took a screen grab of this. You're going to have to cut some of this out. Oh, boy. God, it's so small. But you kept it loading. Can you guess any of the... Well, hey, Ryan. Hey, Paul. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm here to tell the listeners that if they'd like to contribute Mm. to help keeping these Now Hear This episodes coming, well, they can donate featuring the wonderful new donation technology that Acast has developed for us. That's right. Acast has helped us out. They host the show. Yeah, our hosts, Acast, have made it really easy to donate to the show. They have an Acast supporter feature, and there's a link in the show description that you can follow to kick a couple bucks for the show. It can be five bucks, a hundred bucks, less than a dollar. We don't care. Yeah, just something to keep the lights on. It's all out of pocket, and we do this out of love, and that's it. And we love you all for listening. Thank you very much for doing that. Couldn't set it better myself. Okay. All right. Well, bye then.